Hey, my name is Cameron Plato. I'm the CEO of Plow Networks. Hi, I'm Brian Wall. I'm the president of Plow Networks. And hi, I'm Brian Link. I'm the EVP of Products and Services at Plow Networks. So, Brian, I got a question for you. Um, Coming from the end user side and now being over here on the other side of the table, had you come across this series, what would you have hoped to glean from it? Or what would you you know, want to make sure that we get out there for you and your former life? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a, it's an interesting thing to think about for me. Um, I wasn't a, a traditional CIO. I didn't come up through the technology services side. I actually came from... Um, a, more of a software development background as a business person, was not a coder, uh, and also wasn't an, an engineer or a network person, um, and had never worked on this side, you know, on the supplier side or the vendor side or the consulting side. So I kind of fell into it really out of necessity for where we were as a company, and it was one of those really sort of classic situations where um, we, <clears throat> in, in the process of trying to figure out how to do my job, which was build an online lending platform, I, I realized, like, our technology platform had a bunch of problems. And I didn't really know that much. I certainly didn't know how to solve it. I actually didn't really have any idea how bad the problem was. It was actually way, way worse than I realized. Um, and, and that's not unusual for a company that had grown as fast as we had and had been bootstrapped. And you know, <clears throat> it was nothing really but a sort of an unmitigated success story. But the technology piece you know, was not really well planned out. And that, again, not, not unusual. So, you know, as I, if I take myself back to that particular point in my journey, I mean, I was, I was desperate for, for perspective. And, and, it, and it wasn't, I, I wasn't looking for, like, product information or whatever. I didn't even know, I, I wasn't ready for that. Like, mm -hmm. I didn't even know how to get to there yet. I was like, I, I can't even go there yet. Like, I got to understand what are the potential, like, I, I had a pretty good sense of where we were as a business and where we were trying to go. <clears throat> I needed to figure out how to translate that into some sort of a technology plan that made sense, right? And for me, again, because I was pretty new and didn't have a lot of experience, except as a business person, I looked at it through that lens, right? Which was, I'm trying to solve a business problem, and so I gotta figure out a plan for the technology side to make sure that we can do that. And literally, my first instinct was, I have to find some people that I know and trust who know more about this than I do. So if I were going to be interested in this series at that point, it would have been something about the series would have, I first probably would have needed to be referred to me by somebody that I trusted who said, hey, you ought to watch this. It might help you. And then the conversation would need to be about, like, here are some big things going on in technology thematically and what that means, how these are, what this makes sense around business problems. Not... Here's, here's some really cool information about SD-WAN and what it means. Or, you know, like, I mean, I would have been like, I don't even know what SD-WAN, I, I wouldn't have even known what that was. Now, that, that's a reflection of where I was, knowledge-wise. Most of our customers who are on the technology side know a lot more about technology than I did at that point. Too much, though. But sometimes that's not necessarily an advantage. And, and that doesn't mean that it wasn't a struggle for me, but it also, it did give me a little bit of a different perspective to say I was perfectly fine and so were the owners of the company to say, we want technology to do what it needs to do, and that's it. It doesn't need to be cool. We're not trying to win awards. 
We don't, want to, we, don't, we don't want accolades from the IT community about how cool our network is. We just want it to work because we are trying to deliver something and we need this, these things to do that. And I think that's a very, very common, I think if, if more businesses can figure out how to answer that question you know, uh, in, a, in a clear way, I think they'd make better decisions, so. And that reinforced um, that it is about business challenges. It is about helping someone solve and achieve business, business outcomes, not, to this point, talking about SD-WAN, you know. And I imagine at that point in time, because they fit the bill with having multiple locations, that he was probably getting a lot of calls about, let me sell you this, let me talk to you about this. And it was all, it was all technology-led approach. And that's not what they needed. They needed to understand like what were their what what options did they have to accomplish what they needed to go accomplish as a business? And when you start looking at it the other way, that's where you start. You know, we walk into customers every day that have technical debt. They've got stuff that you know that is sometimes sitting on a shelf. Some sometimes stuff that's not turned on. And we're talking about stuff that's you know four and five and six hundred million dollars. And it, it's crazy to think that that's the case. And it's because the approach was backwards. How they how they went about making those decisions was completely backwards. It wasn't about what business outcome are we trying to solve? What challenge, what impediment is out there for us today that we've got to get by? And then having a conversation around, does technology help us? Is there something from a technology perspective that will help us get there? It's always, let's buy some shit and see what happens. You know, and well, because that that's action. That looks like you're taking action. Correct. You spend money, then you must be on the way to the solution. We see a lot of um, urgency being driven by the manufacturer that does not have anything to do with a customer's priority and timeline. But it seems like it's a great deal, so it must need to be done now. That's the kind of behavior that you you. Know, my hope is we can at least bring an awareness to the client community or the prospective client community to to somehow strike a chord with them where they stop for just a second and go, wait a minute, wait a minute, what, what are we doing here? Let's make sure that we've got this, you know, set up right. I mean, so much of what we do or what we see out there has to do with, um, you know, recency bias, you know, what's the hot technology? Like, why all of a sudden is everybody interested in SD-WAN versus, you know, this technology is not new. It's been out there for a long time. Why, why wasn't it exciting two years ago? Where, you know, wh what are the triggers and trends in the industry, you know, or what are the triggers that cause these trends in the industry? Um, and some of the other things that we run across uh, are a, a bias towards certain technologies if you were in the VAR community. For the longest time, the VAR community had an answer to everything and it was more equipment. Now all of a sudden you're starting to see some integrators lean towards cloud services. Some of them still have an antiquated, in my opinion, model that they have to proliferate and that means that cloud services are all bad. Well, that's not necessarily the case. You know, cloud may be right for the one customer, wrong for another. And we want to help expose that so that customers are at least cognizant of their sort of circumstances. And I think there's another, you know, sort of dimension to that. Again, when I think back to, to that time when I was just trying to get going and we had all these problems that I was trying to wrangle into some sort of a coherent plan to say, hey, here's a path forward for us. There's a lot of fear um, in, in the sort of the, the, the client side in terms of figuring out what to do. Um, and particularly now uh, with so much concern around security, right, there's a lot of fear-based selling of 
frankly, I think solutions that don't necessarily solve the problems that people think they're going to solve. Um, security issues are not necessarily um, easy to solve no matter what you do, right? There are some challenges to that side of the house. And I think part of this series ought to talk some about that. Again, not to get into security issues. I'm not a security expert, but to talk about at a, again, at sort of a, a, maybe even a philosophical level or certainly at a, at a, um, you know, a logical level from a business person standpoint, here's maybe some ways to think about these issues that are out there and let those thoughts inform some of the choices you make, right? And bring some common sense to something that's very easy to get emotional about. I mean, none of us, the thought of a, a you know, of a ransomware attack or something really bad happening <clears throat> is, you know, to your company. I mean, it, that's a, potentially a game changer, right? That's a game ender. If it, it can go that bad, that's a very fearful place to be. It doesn't mean you, you need a healthy respect for that, but it's also not necessarily a good way to make decisions based on that fear. So that's another aspect of this that I think if we could shed some light on through this series, I think could be really helpful to, to people who are sort of wrestling with these issues. One thing we see in the, well, I guess one thing I'd like for this series to, to some at some point get to is, um, in our travels, we come across a lot of successful CIOs. We come across a lot of people who I think are frustrated in their positions, trying to rise to some sort of IT leadership role. Um, you can always find somebody in the vendor community that will prop you up and make you feel good as long as you've got money to spend. And so you can get a lot of people in a position that, frankly, they might not need to be in. I mean, the most successful CIO, so my point is I'd like to be able to share some of those types of stories or information with people, you know, in, in this in industries so that they can maybe spot that look it's a lonely place to be when you're making big decisions about money that isn't yours like that's a scary proposition and we find that the most successful leaders that we've come across and the most respected people that in IT leadership by their peers and you know, business uh, frankly are the ones that are vulnerable the ones that say I don't know I need help on this I don't know, what is everybody else doing? Like, they don't have all the answers. And that, frankly, has been a big contributor, in my opinion, to their success. I think a lot of people that rise to a certain point in, within IT are afraid that they're going to be found out that they don't have all of the answers. And I'd love to somehow get, get some, some uh, collateral behind that to try to educate people that, that, hey, you know, it may not be your style, but in general, no one has all of the answers to this stuff. And, uh, you know, there, there is a community out there through your vendors, through your partners, and frankly, just among uh, peers in the industry that are just as afraid of being found out as you are. And you know, collectively, they're, they're all both rise with the tide if they'll just share share some stories. So, and I think a lot of them are willing to. Um, so, if we can somehow get that out uh, out there as well, that'd be great. Also. I think an IT-centered dance party on occasion would be good. Skate uh, party, too. Yeah, skate party. We, we could do that. Yeah. Um, so I mean, any other good IT ideas? IT people love skating. They love it's skating. True. They love dancing. It's true. Um, yeah. yeah. Very good at it. They like lunches. They like vendor-paid lunches. Yeah. That's always a big influencer. Yeah. We can um, always do a big... Uh, shot glasses with mm -hmm. logos. Those Dungeons, are always yeah. Dragon tournament. D&D tournament. Yeah, that would be good, mm -hmm. too. That's anything when you really, like that. That's when you really know you're talking to the right people. Mm-hmm. One of the things I've seen in this industry is a uh, underserved population, if you will, of engineers and technicians and so on within the customer space because they don't have the money. 
They don't have the money to do the training. They don't have the money to, you know, go out and uh, kit, the, kit these operations with the tools and th resources they need. Yet the manufacturer has somehow dedicated hundreds of thousands of dollars that they absolutely have to spend to take people out that could possibly influence the reason or the interest in purchasing something uh, it, to lunches, dinners, whatever junket of the week it is. And come to find out, you know, all that money's frankly going to waste or it's creating an, an, an almost borderline unethical bias towards that vendor's product. So the resources are there, they're just misapplied in my opinion. And so I think that, that it's a fact that customers aren't asking for it and the manufacturers aren't volunteering it. Uh, so there's a lot of money moving around but it's not going to the right places in my opinion. Think about, you think about the margin associated with some of this stuff too. You know, when, you, when you're factoring in that the whining, dining, go to this thing or that, and on top of all the, the gadgets and the widgets that get sent out to accept an appointment. Just to accept it. And to me, that's, that's when I, I look at it and go, like, something's broken. Like, I, I'm sending out, you know, TVs or we PlayStations or whatever just to get you to say yes to meeting with me. Because at that point, we know, we, the, the manufacturers know that I'm now in. It's my job to be wound up like that robot I've been programmed to be and sell you something. Like, they're not coming in there to not sell you something. Like, they just gave you a freaking big screen TV just to, just to meet with them, right? I mean, there's already something there at that point. And to me, that's when transparency really shuts down. It's like, like what? how much money can they have? How much money can they make on me if they're willing to do this on the front end? You know, it's like... The, the hours, the cost of these employees and the hours spent wrangling and managing the vendor exchange just for the selling side of things is insane. It is, you know, the average mid-manager in IT, I would bet you spends at least 16, and I'm being hyper-conservative, 16 if not 20 or more hours a week dorking with prospective vendors. And some of them enjoy it. It's a huge it. cost to that. Some of them enjoy it thoroughly. We, we, we've had it's their job. We've had customers that have literally, or businesses that have literally told us, you know, they love that. I mean, they, they take great pride in the fact that they're eating sushi one day. And listen, I'm not saying we won't take you to lunch, right? That's, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that, you know, everybody's, you know, you're a terrible person. If you get, I'm, I'm just saying that there's people out there, and that's the brokenness on the other side, right? And that's where it gets really disconnected. Because now we're talking about a guy that wants to, you know, someone that wants to sell something that will do it at all costs, someone that will allow that to happen in order to ultimately push something through. And more times than not, the person that's doing all of the, you know, traveling around and going from place to place, they don't even have the empowerment to say yes to begin with. They can't even say yes. Right? It's, so it's, it's, it's all a misleading. highly misleading. The it's, whole thing's this misleading train wreck. It's a highly misaligned system of money being spent that has nothing to do with solving the problem or achieving the outcome. And, that, and when I say money, immense, immense amounts of money. Crazy amounts of money. And it doesn't accomplish, it's misaligned with what are the expectations or the goals. There's literally no alignment there. And that, that to me is a big frustration. You know, it's not shame on the customer for going to lunch. It's, it's shame on us for making that the priority. So, that's what they, how they've been trained, man. It's, it's like the, that's the community. So what, what would be a takeaway from my perspective to bring a, you know, to 
like Cameron said, to bring awareness that this is the kind of shit that's going on. Like, and it, it doesn't lead to, if I'm in the executive seat, right, if I'm being held responsible for growing the business, is that how I want to, those decisions to be made? Or is, is that how I'm making decisions? Uh, it's exposing how some of that gets done in hopes that somebody looks at that and goes, there is no way in the world. Like, let's have a meeting. How do we make these decisions? I like, mean, who's going to lunch? Who's going to where? You know what I mean? Like, just bring some awareness to that so somebody asks a question they haven't asked before. Well, a and place might not give a shit. A place where it's near and dear to everybody's heart is healthcare. It's illegal to do this shit in healthcare. It's called Stark Laws. Your doctor can't go out to dinner with somebody and then prescribe that medication because it's considered unethical and biased. So, places where it matters, we've already figured out this is silly. But in yeah, IT, I, we I mean, continue to you blow know, cash. been on that side and been on the sort of the, you know, on the receiving end of that, like it always, you know, I'm kind of a nerdy person and have an economics background. And, you know, one of the things, you, it, economics has all kinds of problems, but there's a couple of insights that are really profound, right? And one of them is that incentives matter. We're not, we, we don't just, you know, uh, respond to incentives, you know, if this, then that. It's not that simple. But incentives matter, and as human beings, we're reciprocal, right? We, 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 we are hardwired to reciprocate as social animals. If someone gives us something, we feel obligated to do something back for them, right? So you always have to keep that in mind when you're thinking about these kinds of gifts. I mean, I'm, I won't use the word bribes because that's a different, we, that <laughs> means something different. But let's face it, this, people don't do this stuff for because they're nice, right? I mean, they may be nice, but that's not why they do it, right? It's a means to an end. It's a means of influence, right? And so as we think about it, and I think about the, sort of the series, the Cut the Shit series, right? Is there a way to sort of reframe people's thinking around that to say, look, if you want to if, if help us, if you want to influence us, influence us by helping us make our people better, right? Where, where they're better at their job, right? That, that's still a risk because we still may be biased in our way of thinking about whatever product or service that you sell. But at least I know my people are getting some certifications or they're getting some training or they're learning something that can help them do their job, right? Not just they went to throw axes or whatever it is, you know, um, all fun stuff. But you, don't, you get what I'm saying, that that piece of it I think is really um, – I'd like first to at least elevate and challenge people to think about that because as a CIO, if I walked in to the CEO and said, hey, we're, we need to spend a million dollars on this thing and we think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread is going to solve all these problems. And then the CEO finds out that like for the past three months, we've gone to, you know, we've gone to four, you know, top golf and everywhere else with these people. The CEO may be asking like, well, did you really make a good decision here or did you just do this because they wind and dined you, right? Like, that's not a good place to be in if you're the buyer, right? Even though it may feel good at the time, it's like, man, I'm getting to do stuff that I don't get to do normally. Um, you got to be really careful with that. Like, oh, I'm in IT, so yeah. I get all this vendor, vendor junkets. It's just superficial. I mean, when you look at it, and one of the things Brian and I were talking about earlier this morning was around uh, authentic relationships. Like, I mean, what, we're, what we want to be a part of is the long-term strategy. The long-term investment, we're willing to invest on our end, you know, but it's it's the education, it's the awareness, it's the building the trust. I don't believe that any of that stuff gets built because I'm forced to send 30 of my customers the latest Apple device. Like, I mean, that's how, that's how, I mean, it's kind of cut right to it. I mean, 
they're held accountable to. You got to get these 30 out and we'll get three appointments out of that. So start doing the math on those things. Now you're willing to send out 30 to get three and I'm making these numbers up. There's your margin. That now you really understand like what, what, what it means in the space. And you know, I'm okay with, you know, disrupting that zone, mm-hmm. exposing that zone. Because yeah. that's just not how we we want people that want the same things that we want. And they they want to form relationships with people they can trust and they can count on to help them accomplish the things they need to accomplish that bring value to their business. It's a lot of money. I mean, you want to know why stuff costs so much? Well, you're paying for it. I mean, no might as well take yourself to lunch. You're but. paying for it. Like, Correct. You know, that's, yeah, that's, well, that's sort of what I'm saying is at the end of the day, you're paying for it either in the margin of the product or, you know, the, the price of the product or in, the, in, in maybe some, you know, poor or at least less clear decision making, right? There's a cost associated with that too, you know, in terms of optimizing, making good decisions. Because to, to Cameron's point, a lot of that is activity bias oriented. It's to get you to move, to do something. And maybe the, maybe the solution for you is not to do anything right now. Yeah. It's to just figure out how to make your current systems work better. And that has been, that's you know, that's, been, that's, that's a, that's a real answer. Yeah. And none of what I just, none of what you're just talking about, that's not the answer for any of that is, <clears throat> Hey, we want to take you to lunch. So you don't do anything. Yeah. That, that's not the answer. They're good. That, that is never going to be the answer. I, for I that mean, one. part of our travels have been <clears throat> with customers that the answer is nothing. Don't do anything. Change. It's an operational process change. So many that doesn't times. cost you anything. That is a prioritization of people's time and effort. It's not, you know, it, 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 but, but once you become fixated on showing something, spending money and have a new box to show up at the loading dock looks like there's movement towards progress. And frankly, a lot of times that's not it. But we've had customers where the answer is don't do anything, but they felt like it had already been indicated there was going to be this spend, and so they had to do something. I'd argue, no, you don't. If it were my money, I'd be pissed about that. So... We've seen that so many times. Uh, it's unreal. The, I mean, the, 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 the PO was all but cut. And it was, the, we're like, what's this going to solve? Like, what what are you doing with this? Like, no way. Like, don't spend it. Like, hire somebody. Put this process in place. Like, that's not the answer. You see it all the time. It's not that we're all knowing, but I, my hope is that this series can start to shed some light on things that may resonate with people. And they say, you know what? actually interesting perspective hadn't thought about that maybe i'll slow down for a second and conserve this capital or focus on reducing this risk or seek out some optimization of what we already have i mean look it's in our best interest if people spend money trust me i mean you know no money coming our way doesn't help our cause either but doing it responsibly leads to trust which leads to repeat customers it leads to customer success which you know the worst thing we can have is a flock of customers that all have gone bankrupt that doesn't help our cause either frankly so um you uh, know and i think getting you know one of the things i'd like to see out of the series too would be getting some folks that we know either some of our customers or just other people to to talk, to be part of the conversation right i mean as handsome as the three of us are no one wants to look at us all the time right and we obviously don't have all of the answers or perspectives on things. I think if, if we do this right, to have you know, other folks contribute to the conversation and elevate it in certain ways, or challenge, right? Or, or you know, maybe even some healthy debate about things, about what is the right way to think about this as a service thing? Because there are skeptics out there. There are people who think, it's a, who think it's not, I won't say a hoodoo, but there are people who are much less bullish on it than others are, right? And so I think having some dialogue around that could really help folks 
again, on the side who are in those chairs having to make decisions about what should I buy, what should we do, how do I use technology to solve problems. If we have customers come over here for a meeting uh, to participate in this, what we need to we do is make sure that... We will give them an iPhone, though. Let's say we give them an iPhone and we'll have the iPhone. vendors pay for we'll it as long as they have a meeting <coughs> correct, with that vendor. Correct, we'll fill the tank up while yeah. they're here. Yeah, for sure. That's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Give them a couple airline tickets. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, just I, so they could sit with us. Yeah. What, one of the things that Brian just said that I think it's important to, to kind of hit a little bit too is sometimes, you know, the guidance that's given, often the guidance that's given is what that particular manufacturer, partner, or whatever you want to call them, can sell, what they understand. So, you know, somebody's going to steer a customer away from cloud and talk about all the problems that, that Brian's talking about, but only so they'll buy the premise-based They probably stuff. have a data center. Yeah, <laughs> that they need, right? right. And, yeah. and vice versa. So, you know, our goal is to, you know, we're, we're completely technology agnostic. Like, right? you know, our, we take great pride in the fact that we're not directed one way or the other. That's the reason we built what we built from the very beginning. And it's just to help you understand, you know, once we understand the business and what you're trying to accomplish, to help you understand the decisions you now have in front of you, when technology is something that you need to procure, something that you do need. And I think that's to important too to recognize that, like, we use technology as like it's this thing, right? And it's this vast array of the surface area of technology is huge, right? I mean, it expands well beyond the things that we can do or that we know well, right? And, and so back to that point around humility, right? I think even even the even the most able technologist uh, who's a you know on the vendor side or on the supplier side like us, you know, in terms of services, you need to be really honest with yourself and with your clients. And I think it, uh, one of the best ways to build trust is to say things like, you know what, we don't know a lot about that. I think we know some people that maybe you could talk to, right, about it, or we can go make some calls and help you find somebody, but. We're not going to just BS and give you some answer because we have to be the smartest guy in the room. And there's a lot of that syndrome. I mean, it's both internal, inside companies, IT folks feel like they've got to know everything about technology. Nobody in the company can ever ask them a question that they can't answer and be, you know, right on top of it, which I think is where most of the jargon comes from because it's a great way to make it sound like you know what you're talking about when you don't, yeah. right? Throws you off. It, it, it just, it's like, like jujitsu. It's a way of just de deflecting uh, because I don't really know the answer, but I'm going to sound really smart. There's a lot of that, right? And then just at a, at, you know, at a very, you know, very base level, like the best way to build trust is to be vulnerable. Is to say, look, guys, I, that that we don't we don't know how to solve that problem. That's not something we focus on. Let us help you find somebody who can, right? And I think having that as part of this conversation is important too because. Everybody needs to think about this in that way that, look, I can't solve all this. I can't know all this. And if they work for someone who does think they need to know everything, they probably ought to polish their resume, right? Because that's going to end badly. I mean, it's not going to work. Or they got to re-educate them and say, it's, it's un you're, you're, you shouldn't expect someone to know that because that's impossible. From a business perspective, why? You know, I, I'm, I'm envisioning in my mind, you know, my old CEO uh, or old COO and thinking about them, if I were going to have a conversation with them about, the, about, honestly, about the last thing they'd want to talk about is technology, right? Now, they, they, I, I could get them interested in talking about technology in the sense of their business and, hey, you probably ought to think about these things and just at least understand at a, at a broader level what these things are because they impact some of the choices we're going to have to make about how we do these kinds of things, right? And so to me, stuff like the cloud, 
again, broader discussions around security, uh, broader discussions around uh, talent and people. Like, yeah. how do you how do you sure. do that? Um, you know, internal versus external, on demand versus partners. You know, what about consultants? What about compliance? Like, you might want to get into that. I don't, I don't know. That's that's. I mean, that's a that's not a very fun topic necessarily, and not everybody wants to think about that. It kind of depends on the nature of a business. But to me, those are those are real technology topics that are relevant to a business person or a business-oriented technologist, which is who we want to talk to. And I think we're, the mo we're relevant in, in that person's mind. We're not relevant to the, someone who's really, really technically oriented. That, there's a lot of other people talking about that. You can, get all, you can go and find all kinds of information about SD-WAN on go for it, right? That's, that's not what we're going to do. If you, think of, if you think of the technical equivalent to what goes on or a, a social equivalent to what goes on with technology in a business, it would be like inside your house, your your, your annual budget or your monthly budget, me saying, hey, half your money's going to go to this thing called wizardry. And nobody knows anything about it except this one person. And this one person really can't quite explain to you what or why you need it. But you need to keep paying it because if you don't, the whole house is going to burn down. That's the equivalent that most executives find themselves in. And it that, sounds and stupid. That's the, that's the both the fear and the anger Correct. or the hatred All that goes along with this stuff, Absolutely. right? Because yeah. no one wants to be put in that situation. That's, I mean, you don't find many CIOs out having a beer with his CFO and CEO. No. They don't want to talk to them. They don't want to talk to them for a reason. They're frustrated. But it's, it's mysterious, and they're beholden to it, and it's expensive. So... I hope we can somehow shed some light in that in common, no-nonsense, you know, l slightly less jargonistic, uh, you know, rhetoric. I hope. Don't call it a podcast. I've been here for, for years. years. I'm rocking the rhyme. Put suckers in fear. So, um, I think...